Hey, before we begin, I wanted to let you know that this episode is really long and I recommend that you listen to it at 1.5 speed. I decided not to trim it down because the content was just super helpful and the way of thinking was, I think, beneficial for me and so I didn't want to lose any of it, but not the way I usually want it to go. So listen to it 1.5, enjoy it, and uh, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Dynasty for the Common Man, where an average Joe Dynasty player just wants to talk with other average Joe Dynasty players. My name is Nathaniel Broughton. You can find me on Twitter at Nathaniel Bro. Follow me for interaction. I don't push out any hot takes or statistics or anything like that. What I like to do is talk draft strategies and Twitter polls and talk trade ideas. So find me on Twitter and let's connect. Let's get to this week's show. Welcome back to Dynasty for the Common Man. Nathaniel Broughton here, and I am joined by a couple of guys who, uh, I don't know if they co-commission a league, but uh, uh, Michael Lewis reached out to me via Twitter after responding to my request to get some people to, to join. And then he said, hey, can I bring on a friend, uh, a league mate in one of his leagues? And so I'm excited to have a, a dual, uh, uh, a podcast uh, with a couple, couple of guys, both of which I don't know. Uh, so let's get to know them a little bit more. We have Michael Lewis and Dave. Uh, oh, I'm going to not say that. Oh, one. you're going to butcher hey, it. It's McGough. Hey, you need to tell me your last name. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's McGough. That's okay. I knew it was coming. I was like, oh, we never covered that. <laughs> Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, again, my name's Dave, and I I live in Columbus, Ohio. And um, you know, Mike and I, Mike and I have known each other since 1995. I yep. think we started at the same university and graduated together. So um, you know, I've known Mike for a long time, and we've we've started playing fantasy football. I'd say you know um, in the early 2000s uh, mm-hmm. in some keeper leagues that Mike had had invented but um but anyway the you know backstory on me is that you know i have a couple of children um for for my work i'm a product manager at a software company Mm -hmm. and so uh, i deal with uh computer software and technology all day long um but yeah back to back to the fantasy thing you know um you know, Mike and I have been running, you know, I actually commissioned the league, um, what we call, and the, the name's kind of corny, but I call it Prestige Worldwide, uh, the greatest fantasy football dynasty league ever. So you can find it really easy on, on my fantasy league because it's a nightmare to find anything on that website. <laughs> and uh, so I made it a really long name so I could easily find it. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, we started doing that about 10 years ago and it was actually Mike's brainchild. Um, so we'll talk more about that, but that, that's me in a nutshell. Thanks. So I, I'm Mike Lewis. Um, like Dave said, uh, we live in Columbus, Ohio. We've known each other since 95. Uh, I'm a mental health therapist and uh, I own a private practice with my wife uh, called Veritas Counseling and Consultation. I'm also an assistant professor at Capital University where I teach counselor education. Um, and I've been doing you know, the, the counseling world, mental health world for uh, 20 years now. Um, started in 01 as a graduate student and then got my PhD in, in 2016 and uh, kind of just bopping all around uh, in that field. Um, uh, no kids, but I've got my cat Simon wandering around here somewhere. Um, 
And fantasy football wise, uh, like Dave said, you know, I started this, uh, you know, keeper league in 2001. Fantasy football was something that a friend of mine had kind of got me into. I was working with him, um, you know, back in the day, I was doing like call center work kind of thing. And um, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I need to convince my friends to do this. And let's, let's, you know, let's, let's bring them into this world. And they hesitantly Applied, and we had to go and find some uh, folks that you know didn't really know football very well at the very beginning, just to get kind of ten teams uh, put together. But since yeah. then, we've been doing this for twenty years, and we've got our trophy, and we've got a great group of owners and twelve teams, and um, it's a little bit of a keeper league, a little bit nuanced keeper league, where uh, it's kind of more based on where you draft players and necessarily you know um, right. okay. you know players that you can keep just a you know carte blanche. And then as we got kind of into it um, and I started seeing dynasty leagues emerge, I started talking to Dave and saying, Hey, this seems like this would be really fun and maybe, you know, something extra to do. And um, you know, something that's different than what we're currently doing now. And I can't commission this. So you definitely should. And <laughs> um, I sat on it for three years. But then we, we kind of started, kind of stitching it together and, and uh, you know, coming up with something that we wanted to try to mock as much as we could from the NFL style. And, you know, at that time, you know, 10 years ago, I couldn't find a whole lot of resources about dynasty leagues. And uh, so we kind of just started piecing little parts of it together and saying, okay, we want to do salary. We want to have contracts and uh, salary cap. And what does that look like? And holdouts, holy hell, how do we do that? And yes. Um, Dave, you want to maybe talk a little bit more about what the, the league structure looks like? Yeah, sure. So like Mike said, it's a it's a contract salary league. So what we have is, a, you know, every year we have like a five-round rookie draft. Um, and you can sign those rookies up to, I believe, five years now. We started at three, I believe, is where we had it. Because we didn't want – one of the things we didn't want to have happen was that we didn't want to have a just a set number of players and – you know, you keep them forever. We wanted to introduce more dynamic, you know, elements into the league, like, like contracts and salaries that increment every year and um, franchise players. So you can franchise a player and you have to pay them top 10% of the top 10 salaries at that position, right? So we have franchises, we have holdouts, where if a player is performing, you know, two years consecutively in, in a top 10, you know, uh, in a top 10 performance and he's getting paid less than 50% of his top 10 peers, he gets bumped up. You know, you have to make a decision. You want to sign this guy for a real salary, stop screwing around and pay him. Or do you want to uh, let him go? Or do you want to run out his last year of his contract and then let him go? So we added some flexibility. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, too, too rigid and too lifelike. So, but so yeah, we have all those elements in there. And so, you know, it really makes, and, and quite frankly, even my fantasy league, you know, can't do any of this. So I had to write all these um, scripts in Google Sheets that call out to their APIs to do all the calculations. Because for the first six, seven years, I did this manually. And it was just, I won the league the first year and I never won it again. Um, because you know, I decided if I'm going to be... Well, yeah, I decided if I'm going to be competitive, I have to manual, I have to automate all this manual shit because it was like a lot, oh, excuse me, it was a lot of overhead. Yeah. And um, 
so I did that. The other element, just real quickly, and I'll pass it back to you, Mike, if you want to add anything else, is that, you know, at the beginning, we weren't looking at this as a super flex. And quite frankly, I'll be honest, I didn't even know what a super flex was. Right. I just said to Mike one day, hey, what do you think if we add in a, a, a super flex, or I mean, a, a QB flex position? And he was like, we could try it. I mean, why not? Let's try it. And so I think that's, you know, Superflex got kind of really, you know, popular now. And it wasn't really back in 2010 or whenever we kicked this thing off 10, yeah. 11 years ago. So we kind of created something I feel was a little bit unique. And I don't know, I don't, I don't think the industry followed us, but certainly it, it caught up to our ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Wow. Okay. So your first dynasty was contract salary cap. It had franchise tags, holdouts, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. We wrote, yeah, I mean, that's why it took so long to get it off the ground. Well, I, mean, I was about to say, really, like, trying to recruit people to join that, that must have been, yeah. like, people had to sell them. <laughs> yeah, it took a little bit. Um, but the fun part about it is, you know, now that we've been playing for a while, and we haven't had a ton of turnover, but when we do, it's not hard to find somebody that wants to take over yeah. a dynasty league, because um, it is it is so nuanced and, and interesting. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of people that we know are in leagues, but when we go like, hey, do you want to join this league? They're like, oh, I don't know if I can get into another league. I don't know if I want to get. Well, here's how we run this. And they're like, oh, right. well, that's completely different and fun. It's not so, just a vanilla. No. Yeah. And, and yeah. one of the things when we when we kicked it off, the whole, the whole premise of the league was it was going to be year-round, right? Obviously, it's a dynasty league. You want to have year-round operations. But NFL went on strike. The NFL PA went on strike that year. And there were no year-round um operations for us to follow so we didn't i froze it i was like well oh no i was like i froze it and i'm like well okay so it became this kind of like redraft league that all happened in one night but it was a dynasty league for like a number of years and finally we got it to the point where it was you know it was it's to the point now where it runs pretty much year round where you have we have an off season we have an auction that runs long-term we have, Oh, I didn't mention this part. We have restricted free agents and we have unrestricted free agents. Okay. So as a part of it is you can, you can restrict up to five people and you, you have to start the auction for those five people at 90% of their salary from the previous year. So you don't, you, we don't start from ground zero with those five players. Right. You say, Hey, if this guy was making a hundred dollars in salary, you got to start his auction at 90. And then if someone wants to take him away from you, they got to come in strong with like 120 or $130, for example. Yeah. And then you get the last say, obviously. Right. So, you know, we've obviously, or we, we've really tried hard to mimic this to the NFL as much as possible. And even to the point where our rookie salaries are based on the rookie salaries for and Mike came up with this brainchild idea, and I'll be completely honest, I'm still not sure I understand it. But he used the he used the trade value chart in the NFL to say, plug in, you know, number one pick, number one offensive pick from the rookie draft. And then the trade value calculation sets all the rookie salaries all the way down for all 50 picks. Okay. So the salaries are preset based on what the NFL is doing. So this year, the NFL cap decreased. So everyone got a decrease in their cap. Yeah. this year by eight and eight point seven percent right so that was really new for us we were like every year it kept going up by eight five seven and we would adjust the cap every year based on what the nfl was doing 
and this year it tanked because of COVID. <laughs> and so I said, well, everyone, we can do one of two things. We can freeze it or we can roll with it because it's real life. Let's try it. And everyone was like, yeah, let's roll with it. We'll take 8% hit and see what happens. Now you're seeing a bunch of players that are getting signed probably to one-year contracts. The, the, right. the auctions aren't completely crazy because no one is going to be able to afford these guys like if they keep resigning yeah. everyone so it's just it's mimicking real life uh you know. i love it i love it i'm um being invited to and will eventually start a contract salary with the different i mean it's it's as nuanced as you guys are saying um the the commissioner has put a ton of work into it and uh, he's got all the players everyone's like everyone's in it's 12 team super flex, but um, he wants to sit us all down and do a big group Zoom <laughs> to like actually work through the minutia uh, yeah. before we actually do our startup. So I, what I need from you guys, <laughs> I need help because uh, I don't know, like I, I'm assuming you guys have played more than just this league since, like you've probably added a few other kind of more vanilla dynasty leagues. I'm, I'm from the vanilla dynasty league, you know, that's how I was born. Um, and I've, I've never, I don't do Debbie um and stuff like that I, I don't do any scouting for rookies and i've really never cared about salary caps for even my own nfl team i'm a bears fan but i don't know if we're near the cap or not and i never care so i i've i'm very new to the whole financial side of this whole situation so um you guys are miles ahead of me and i need your advice like what are some hot tips are there some analysts i need to be listening to like what how can i educate myself and how can you how can you help me get this with the right first step it's really hard because yeah you can kind of dive in and find some generic um oh here's a dynasty league here's you know 250 dollars cap and you can kind of um you know play with that 250 and make it kind of equal out to whatever your salary cap is and that's what i did for the first you know several years and i used um um, football guys um, kind of rankings and and they had a nice auction uh, style usually the auction style was more like here's an auction for a redraft and then you yeah redraft. so like when you're talking dynasty that obviously one changes the game two you just don't know what the volatility of your league is are yeah. they going to value quarterbacks to this degree um, you know how do they you know what style especially when you're talking about a startup you have no idea where these people are coming from, what they value, yeah. what they like, what they're going to really overemphasize, what they're willing to pay for top players. So you have to be willing to move very quickly um, and, and change your strategy on the fly as you start seeing players that you're like, oh, wow, I thought he was going to go for 50 and all of a sudden he's at 75. Yeah. And like, what are we going to do with that? And That's, that's exactly <laughs> chaos we have we have created this economy that is just completely bonkers like i mean like you got some people in the league that are saving money like they can reuse it somehow i don't know you know why they're not using their caps at the time you got some people in the league that are doing what you know uh, i'm trying to think of an, an appropriate team to compare them to but some team that's not spending on their players like the bears or something like that and then then you have some people who, like me, who are like, <clears throat> you know, got a couple shekels left to, you know, because we don't do a fab system, right? Your cap is what you get for the whole season. Oh, so yeah. if you if you uh, drop a player, you know, mid season, you take a 50% salary hit on him. 
you're going to eat 50% of his salary. So you only get back half the salary, right? Yeah. So you're, you got a hundred dollar guy and you know, you're going to, well, you never do this, but if you got a $50 <laughs> guy and you drop him, you're going to have 25 of that salary back to, to spend on something. So you, 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 you watch these moves happen. And then out of the blue, you're like someone bids on a blind bid on a free agent. It's like $65 for like someone, you know, that wouldn't make any sense, any yeah. sense because the, the salary caps are so varied. So it's almost impossible to look anywhere. Like Mike was saying, to figure out what is the value of this guy, because yeah. it's all dependent on what the team what the teams or franchises are willing to spend on them based on what their cap is. So it's like, it's, it's just, it's just an insane economy. I mean, I'll just say it. that's one of the yeah. things that frustrates me about it, but also one of the things that's like really fun about it. Cause it's just yeah. unpredictable. Yeah. You know? Cause you, you know, I mean, people have vast opinions about just a player's value, but yes. then you've got to like figure like your values might be different on a player. And then you also have the contract values assigned to them already. So it's yeah. like, tell me about trading is, is it, Yes. really hard uh yes <laughs> because you've got you've got so many variables that are going on i literally was having this conversation today where i have Tannehill uh, on a uh, on a contract he's in the last year of his contract i'm paying him 50 dollars, and i'm like okay well he's my fourth quarterback now and so maybe i can move him but trying to move that kind of a contract when he only has one year left for somebody who maybe like uh, uh, like uh, in this case a, a DeAndre Swift, um, who is being paid eight dollars because he's still on his rookie contract and he wow. has still, you know three years left and like we can't make that happen. Now we can eat some of that salary, but it's a hard sell. So it, it's it does make it challenging. So how have you yeah. overcome those challenges? Uh, you, you get creative. You, you start throwing in draft picks. You start eating salary. Um, you, you look at comps uh, salary-wise uh, and, and kind of uh, be strategic about how long you're signing players to. It, it's, it's, it's like, I think Dave said it well. It's frustrating, but also super fun at the same time. Yeah. And then, and then we added, we added uh, Taxi Squad players a couple years back. Okay. Just to expand the rookie draft. And what I've noticed, and I, I haven't put any really quantitative math against this, but I've noticed a, an, a, not an explosion, but a large number of draft picks being traded now because we went from three rounds to five rounds of a rookie draft. So there's a lot more draft picks being traded yeah. in, to fill some of those gaps and to, you know, um, you know, kind of find value where it is, you know, it's, it's, or where you can by, by trading picks. So it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, um, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's another it's, question about trading. Um, so I I am a I usually I'll send a cold offer, and I people hate cold offers usually because I'm way off in the value, you know, to them, and and I get said like, hey jerk, what are you trying to do here? Um, but it's like I don't know. That's just unless there's like a relationship with the person. I'm in groups where I don't know any of these people and. Mm -hmm and we don't have each other's phone numbers and there's no group me. And so I'm like, I'm left with, this is my, this is my way to do it. But that, even with the ones that I have a relationship with and I'm willing to send a message prior to a, a thing, um, prior to an actual offer. And I just want to get the conversation going. I don't imagine that a text is sufficient. Like, is this more phone call training? Or are you guys like, <laughs> I need to call you. Cause this sounds like we need to really ha hammer this thing out. It's happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's happened. happened. I've had to be on the phone. 
because you're right. It's it's it's. I mean, I remember one year I was trying to move Drew Brees. He was on the last year of his contract, and I he had like a ninety nine dollars salary, and I was I was pinched beyond belief for cap. I needed to move him, and I was willing to do it. And I, my, our friend Russ was willing to trade with me, and we were like on the phone for like twenty minutes, like figuring it out. Like, okay, you know, like because you're right. It's like you're not going to get it done over text. A lot of them, are you're not. Some of them are easy. You know, and you can say, yeah, yeah, no or yes and whatever counter. But yeah, the real complicated ones is, you know, last guy on his contract is a big cat. I got to eat this much cap. Okay, can you eat 10% more? Like, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I need to look at my roster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm driving a car right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That, I mean, that sounds like hoops to jump through, but it also sounds super fun. Yeah. Have yeah. that level of ownership and that level of complexity and strategy. I mean, it sounds like I don't know you guys, but I bet you guys love strategy games because there's just this this amount of mental energy that's it, it's a yeah, it can be exhausting, but also it's really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Lot yeah, of fun. I probably spend really, way more really. time thinking about this than I should in my life. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. True, yeah. true. But we'll, we're happy to share the league doc with you, Nathaniel, if you want to see it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just, who, so uh, you haven't won since the first one, Dave, or have you started? Um, I'm, I've been close so many times. I've been in the finals. You know, the first year, I we were just trying to find our way, and I happened to pick up Mike Vick as a as a um, as a, like a flyer, like on a on a free agent pool. Yeah. And no one, no one, you know. I, everyone no one understood blind bidding no one under, no one understood anything that this website did right we were all trying to figure it out including yeah. myself and mike vick that was the year he came back to the eagles and just went off for like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. 50 to 60 points a game and i just i just rode that out i'm like hey this two quarterback thing's pretty great because i had kyle orton throwing a billion yards and you know and even if he threw five interceptions a game it didn't matter and um you know and then Vic was just scoring like three or four running touchdowns and yeah <laughs> you know, so I won it that year and then I've been in the finals I've been you know um you know in the we have we only have a final four basically okay. and uh so it's only 10 team league so yeah. we only have yeah. four make the playoffs but yeah so I don't know Mike how many how many times have you won it I can't remember uh in the dynasty league once I once, think yeah. it's very diverse time. I've won four in, in mine, and but also not in like 15 years. Uh, right. And one in yours like three years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's really diverse in the amount. I think I have to go back and look at it, but I'm pretty sure that like at least five to six of the 10 teams have probably won a championship. Okay, yeah. So it's I, very much like the NFL, if you think about it. Like, you know, it's very hard to do a dynasty and, you know, like be a dynasty, I mean. Yeah, that's what I was curious. I was like, does contracts make it, harder to beat the top teams or do the top teams get they can't be the top for long because of the contract and so maybe that's the sure. idea the idea is that it constantly moves so we don't want anyone that gets the you know that wins the uh you know wins the cmc lottery and they right. win you know, some other lottery and then they're like holy crap i got three of the top you know 10 players in the nfl i'm going to be unstoppable you know we didn't we didn't we didn't want that because that's going to get old and it's going to get one person winning the league possibly numerous years and everyone's just kind of fizzle and go, this isn't any fun. Like, you know, right. this guy got lucky and, you know, this works. So we try to eliminate as much luck out of it as we can, even though I just told you I picked up Mike Vick one week and won a whole sure. league. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, it happens. It still does. Happens. They just still happen, right? Yeah. 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 Today. I think we've all begun a little more savvy. Yeah. 
for sure. Nice. Uh, before we move on to uh, kind of go walking through our activity, uh, is there anything else you want to share about the contract league? You want to um, beat your chest on a new a nuance that you created or, or uh, any other little quirk that you wanted to kind of talk through? Uh, that would be a great question to ask the rest of our league because I bet that they have some insights to that too. Because it's interesting how differently, you know, like I think Dave was kind of mentioning this, how differently all of our owners play. You know, some of them are really engaged in like, I'm going to trade all the time and like, I'm going to move my team around. And other people are like, these are my players, these are my players, these are my players, I'm going to stick with my players. Um, it just like you kind of do in the NFL. And, yeah. and we embrace the chaos and we embrace the diversity and um, you kind of get to know who your owners are. And uh, it, it makes that that trading part, that competition part. We, and we know most of our folks in our league, yeah. like personally, yeah. we've yeah. been friends for a long time. Um, so when you get together and you can kind of uh, talk fantasy football, you can talk dynasty football, you can talk about your teams. I mean, it's just, it, it's just an interesting way to uh, engage with your friends, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One, one, one other nuance I'll, I'll just mention is that, um, if you, you know, part of it being contract, we didn't want you to drop a player on a multi-year contract without getting a penalty. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I told you in season, you know, if you drop a player, you take a 50% penalty, right? But if you drop a player who's on year two out of four, let's just say, then you're going to take a penalty on year three and four as well. Yeah, I'm going to apply that. We're going to apply that. That's part of the manual. Well, it's not manual anymore, but it used to be very manual for me to calculate that. But now it, it calculates and it doesn't amount to much. It's like 10% or something of the, of the total remaining year's salary you, you have to take the hit on. And you take it on the, the next year after you drop the, the person yeah. or the player. So I think that's kind of interesting. I think Although it's not a lot of money, it can, well, it can be depending okay. on how much you're paying, right? If you've got a $110 quarterback, which is not out of the realm of possibility in our league, that's $487 salary. You could have a quarterback that's running over a hundred bucks in our league mm -hmm. on a, on a multi-year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. So on a multi-year uh, on a multi-year contract. So, you know, you take the, if, you, if you're dropping them for whatever reason, I don't know what it would be, but, but if you're dropping them, then, you know, you're paying you know, possibly 10, 20 bucks off your cap the next year, depending yeah. on how many years he had left and why you're dropping them. You know, just, it, we wanted to make sure we just weren't giving people the opportunity to pick a guy, run them for a year or two, and then just throw them away and be like, well, right. I'll take the season cap hit, but I won't get any penalty, you know, because a real player would want his money, right? You're going right. to cut a guy, you know, he's guaranteed some money. So mm -hmm. we wanted to make it real like that. Yeah. Well, it's about accountability too. And, and yeah. you know, making sure that people are being thoughtful about how much they're spending on a player when they're signing them to a contract, how long they're signing that player to a contract. I mean, if they are going to draft them, whatever the case is, that they're thoughtful about it, that they can't just, I'm just going to continue to turn over my roster. I'm going to pick up free agents. I'm going to let this guy go. Like, right. Okay, that, that's a way to do it and redraft. But when you're talking dynasty, especially in this kind of level, um, you know, there's consequences to those. Yeah. Yeah. Were you guys, are you co-commissioners? No, I'm the commissioner of this. Okay, question for you, Dave, as a commissioner. Are people like, uh, maybe maybe this is early on in the league, were you having to like kind of handhold a couple of owners to help kind of catch them up to speed? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of them, um, as actually, and and all we, nine of them. <laughs> well, not all nine, but we did have a few in there that were very much there for the uh, for I think I don't know what they were there for. They're gone now, so um, you know we 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 didn't force them out, but but kind of you know they went. They out thought that this was a little too much. Yeah, yeah, it was too much for them. They didn't know what they were getting into, which was understandable because. Oh. We didn't know really what we were getting into. I mean, we knew yeah. we created this ultra complicated thing, but we didn't, you know, we didn't realize, you know, what people would really interpret it as. So we've picked up a few more players along the way after those people have left. Yeah. And, you know, I've got to be honest, one guy we onboarded this year, um, we had a quick, we had a quick one and done on board last year, which kind of pissed me off, but you know, it is what it is. And then yeah. we onboarded this new guy this year, who I'm hoping is going to last more than a year, but he, he was like, um, he caught on real quick. I mean, like I had, I didn't even have to talk to him on the phone. Like, and it was, it was helpful that he, he knew another person in the league. That's how he came to us. So I think yeah. they maybe been chatting, but yeah, like, he's caught on really super quick and, you know, I don't feel like he'll be a problem. So, but there was a lot of hand holding. There was a lot of, um, that's why I said, like, I won it the first year and then like, I never was able to win it again. The first year was the easiest. We just had to do the inaugural draft and then right, kick, right. kick the darn thing off. But and there was so many late nights, Mike, you probably remember, like where we were just drafting and or doing auctions until, you know, 1 a.m. or something like that to try and, you know, fit, squeeze all this into one night. And that's when we were like, we got to spread this out over the year. We got to get, we got to make this a little more, you know, mainstream. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that so yeah, a lot of hand holding. But overall, I think people that are have kept and stayed around this long know what know what's going right. on and know. Yeah, nice. Well, okay, I'm going to introduce a little bit uh, what we're going to the activity we've kind of prepped. Uh, we I actually we had homework for the first time ever um, for <laughs> guests. So this was born out of my desire to. I've always been looking for the antidote for rookie fever um and some sort of thing to inoculate myself uh to to the hype that builds around you know elite level prospects and everyone's elite and they're all you know comp to pro bowlers and they all have quick twitch high point large catch radiuses and, and whatnot so uh so i was like okay what if we did a rookie draft because everyone wants to talk about rookies still still you know we're kind of near the end of rookie season here but i have a i have at least one more rookie draft uh ahead of me um Maybe, no, I have two. I have two rookie dresses still ahead of me. Um, and so I was like, what, what can we do to kind of overcome this rookie fever? What if we did a rookie draft, but we, we went in to look at veterans, and this is anyone who's not a rookie is a veteran, uh, and said, okay, what's, what's the likelihood that I could trade this pick for a veteran player instead? So um, I'm getting what I think is locked in already no player versus – what I expect is the prospect that would go along with rookie pick 104, you know? Um, so people who don't have uh, their rookie drafts, you know, already done, they'd be like, okay, at 108, uh, I don't exactly know who I'm going to pick, but I could pick this, uh, this player, or I could take the pick and I could trade it for a potential veteran. For those of you who have already had rookie drafts, I still think, uh, and, mo and even uh, when DLF does their dynasty ADP, they even show that most rookies still continue to rise a little bit in the early months of summer before they kind of hit their full full peak. And so if you've already done your draft, uh, but you're not a guy who's super in love with whoever you got, this, uh, this could still be useful to you to say, okay, well, 
is Devonta Smith worth whoever we pick in, at 1010, you know, or at 110. So uh, what we did was uh, each of us got, um, I think, I think Michael, you started with pick 101 and then you got 104 and then you had 108 and et cetera, et cetera. And then, so you did all of your picks one uh, through pick 209, I think. Uh, and then Dave uh, took what you had done and he added his picks every third pick. He had 102 and then he had 105, et cetera, et cetera. And then I joined in after David picked all his and, and the comps that he thought. And then I added mine. And then I went down and I used DLS trade analyzer to figure like how close were we? Uh, how likely <laughs> were these trades to actually happen? And there's lots of trade calculators out there and trade analyzers. So uh, I just, you know, instead of doing five different, <laughs> five different websites, I just picked the one I use. So I use dynastyleaguefootball.com's trade analyzer tool. Um, so I'll give a little bit of commentary on some of them, not all of them. Um, but uh, so we'll, we'll start with kind of walking through. Um, and when it's your pick, explain you know, why you expect that player to be the, the player to pick and then why you chose your alternative pick, which the first two are interesting because <laughs> you both picked the same alternative. So why don't you start, Michael? Yeah, this was such an interesting exercise. And when you introduced this to me, I'd never really kind of thought of it in those kind of terms, but it makes a lot of sense, especially I think the way that you frame that in terms of dynasty rookie fear. Because um, I, I, I'm victim of that too. Like, like, hi, like if I really mess this up, like what's going to happen to my team? And uh, what am I really getting into? And um, so I kind of, I used um, dynasty nerds, um, trade calculator to kind of give me some ideas and comps that might run into this. And I, I thought it was actually interesting as I was going through the picks that I was making, I'm like, wow, I would really like this veteran team. I think that this would be something I'd be willing to put uh, uh, put out there. But looking at pick 101, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think if you want to talk about, um, you know, already putting, you know, the Hall of Fame jacket on somebody, this is something that, you know, we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence for two years as mm. the next coming of Peyton Manning. And look, if he's going to be Peyton Manning, I'm taking him at 101. I'm not going to worry about trading, but you know, Peyton Manning, you know, it has his comp with Ryan Leaf too. Right. So are you getting Manning? Are you getting Leaf? Are you? Uh, Andrew Luck or RG3, right? Those were the three there. Well, and I think even as he's in Jacksonville, and I'm not sure, you know, if you follow the Buckeyes or not, but, or, or, Gators or whoever you know you're interested in with Urban Meyer, he uses his quarterbacks in really unique ways, and it works. But I don't know if that's going to translate to the NFL level. So mm. I, I'd be willing to trade Lawrence. Um, and then thinking about okay, so who would I want to to grab for him? I think the first person that came to my mind was Josh Allen. Um, uh, I, I think that he's really emerged as one of the top guys out there. But I'm Probably not going to land with Josh Allen. I think the, the the folks who have Josh Allen are pretty content with that. Yeah. Um, so then I started kind of thinking, okay, well, maybe what lands more in that area is more like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert coming into their second year. Um, they're still kind of young, a little bit unknown. Uh, Herbert kind of having the year that he had um, maybe out of my league. So then I landed on Joe Burrow as probably the guy I would target that I feel I could realistically get. Yeah. And I think that – he's being undervalued right now um, given that he was hurt. He's coming back from injury. He got sacked a ton last year because the Bengals offensive line was completely trash. Um, but they've improved their line. They added Jamar Chase. 
I think that he's uh, he's primed for a big year, and I just love that dude's swagger. I, I like. I'm no okay. Full disclosure, I'm a Bengals fan, so okay, uh, that's helpful. I was gonna call you out. I think <laughs> to also throw out there, but I do. Well, I'm really excited about him. Okay, so uh, was, I started. I I eventually quit doing this, but initially I was like, I want to see if um like what are current trades. So there's an actual trade finder tool where it pulls from MFL actual trades. And I put in Lawrence and I found one Lawrence for Josh Allen. I found another Lawrence for Lamar Jackson. Wow. I found Lawrence for Cam Akers, the 104 and the 105. These were all super flex. Okay. I found one Lawrence and the 109 for Burrow and the 106. So you upgrade the 109 and get Burrow. Uh, I thought that was interesting. But when I put in 101, I didn't get as great of offers. 101 for CD Lamb. 101 for Wentz and CEH. Like, that's an okay, but it's not eight with the 104 and 105. You know, it's not Lamar Jackson. It's not Josh. So Lawrence, even though everyone knows the 101 is Lawrence, right? <laughs> it's not as valuable as Lawrence is, which I thought was funny. Right. So you could get Josh Allen, I guess. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, but, before, yeah. Before the draft, I guess. So yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think a Burrow is a great one. Now, um, Dave, you must uh, be very high on Trey Lance because you went 102. Yeah, I did. I went Trey Lance here, and you know, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I picked him. I, I love, I love the situation that he's going into in San Francisco. I mean, you know, look, it it could like you were just saying, it could be Ryan Leaf, it could be, you know what I mean? Like we don't know what we're gonna get ultimately, but. You know, the, the, the Shanahan system and everything, you know, I think that there's there's a lot to it. I think that he could do well in that offense, but I would be willing to trade him away, right? And my first initial gut was to say Herbert. But then I was like, man, all the Herbert owners think they won the QB lottery last year, right? <laughs> they think that they won it. And so I'm just like, and if you look at, like Mike said, I had the same thought, you know, Burroughs coming off the injury. He was sacked a ton. He's clearly the franchise in Cincinnati, right? There's no doubt about that. Yeah. He'll be around for 10 years, hopefully. I'm not a Bengals fan, but I hope for him as a person. I'm just joking. But no, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's just, um, you know, clearly I think it was Burrow more than more than anything, but but because I just couldn't see Herbert owners. And, I, and of course, I'm looking at this from the lens of the crazy league that we just described to you, right? So sure. yeah. I'm looking at it thinking, you know, and I'm using like fancy pros tools and stuff, but I'm just like, you know, I just, I really think Burrow is the closest here that you're going to be able, if you really wanted to trade away Trey Lance, that that would be who it is. And I think I'm also looking at these rankings as, you know, super flex, you know, rankings. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Trey Lance went 102 in our league. Like, I think he did. did. Yeah. So I was right about that. And that just happened actually just yesterday. So we just started our rookie draft. So I, I was kind of looking at it in that lens, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's gotta be Burrow here. Although I would love, I would love to offer for Herbert, but I just don't think it would, I just don't think it would go through without any further, you know, draft picks. No, yeah, I agree. As I ran that one through the analyzer, it said it, um, Trey Lance came out 609. I don't know how they come up with the numbers. Trey Lance yeah. value is 609. Joe Burrows is 767. Yeah. It sounds like a big gap, but they, they given like what's a potential value to bridge that gap. And all it takes is an early second. So if you have the 102, you maybe earned it and you have the 202. If you want to take Trey Lance, I think there's strong narratives and bending that way. But if you 
don't and you have a little bit more rookie fear um, or you want to take a little bit more of a, a you know conservative approach which I actually think would be the smart moment like add your second to Trey Lance and see if you can nag, snag Burrow I think that's a I think that's a fair thing when I did the uh, trade finder I got Lance for Justin Jefferson that's a tough wow. one across across different positions it's a tough one though Justin Jefferson's like might be the wide receiver one in dynasty yeah wow did you guys do that that's wild no, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, would, I would hold on to Jefferson and, and be very content. Yeah. yeah. yeah what about sure. Lance for the 107 and Daniel Jones? Would you take Lance or would you take the Daniel Jones 107 side? I'd still I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm also big on Lance. I think that he's going to be really solid, and yeah. I'm not big on Daniel Jones. No, um, no I don't. I, don't, I have no – in fact, I, I have a pick later in this draft. Um, if we get to that the far down in Tooney, and, uh, you know, I'm just not – I'm just not impressed with Jones. You know, if you, I mean, if you like fumbles, sure, but I don't, I just don't like, I just don't like him as the future for the giants. I think he's gonna, he's gonna probably fizzle out. I'd stay away from him. Even yeah. with 107, I just know. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't do that one. I would, I would definitely take the sure thing in Justin Jefferson over, over Lance though, unless, you know, and sometimes it's like, you just need a quarterback. You can super yeah. flop. I mean, and in Superflex, it, it might be reasonable, but he's hey. got long ball, right? So, I mean, it's very possible that he's going to win you some weeks. But if you're rolling out, you know, if you had Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Darnold last year, you're looking at it like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I, maybe maybe you put a lot of stock in Drew Locke, and that didn't work. And so you, you, oh, need, to, you need to get a quarterback. And so that makes sense to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I went one of three. Uh, I, I think the Lance Fields uh, comparison, that's where I, in my head, I'm not sure which one I go with. Um, so at 103, you don't really have to choose if 102 takes Lance. So I took yeah. Justin Fields. Um, and I, I think there's enough negative spin around Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of coach speak for the running game being a priority again. That um, I think you could get Russell Wilson for Justin Fields if you're on the clock at 103. Uh, I think you could get Russell Wilson. Now, the trade analyzer says you need to add a mid-second, so mid-second is like 204 to 208, something like that, which I'm like, that's that's not a – in this draft, I don't really care about 204 to 208. No. So it's basically no. – in me, it's just 103 for him straight up. Uh, and if I add this piece, it's, a, it's a, just a little sprinkle that makes it look nicer, but it doesn't do anything for the flavor. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's um, – I think it's possible. I think it's possible to get. Yeah. If, if you look at this from the lens of our league, right, just to bring this in, Russell Wilson's salary is $139.70 in our league. Okay. And again, our cap is like 480 something. I mean, it's just funny. Like, the, the, you know, when I look at those things, I'm like, man, I just don't, you know, I was looking at it through that lens and I, I probably, you know, need to be a little broader, but I was like, there is no way that anyone's trading me Russell Wilson for Justin Fields right now. But, you know, I think if you take other leagues and other guys, you know, I mean, it's totally possible. I don't want to discount that, but it's just, when you said that, I remember his salary being just this enormous thing. So I just quickly looked it up. I'm just like, Wow, like oh yeah, unbelievable versus veteran salaries. It's just gotta be way different. Oh yeah, I mean you're gonna pay in our league, you're gonna pay Fields 20 bucks, maybe 18 bucks. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. And it's totally worth it to just take the rookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to bring it all back to our league. Well, that's okay. Wanna... This is for you. This is this is yeah. for you to do it. All right. So uh next up was uh Naj or 104. 
Yeah, 104. So I, I used, um, I was in, I, when I was creating this, I was actually in a dynasty draft. And I was like, well, well, here's a real life comp. So let me see how this league drafts. I'll just kind of use this as uh, my, uh, my template. And so Najee Harris went 104. And you wouldn't catch me drafting Najee Harris at all. Like I'm really? just, I'm, I'm just not in on the Najee Harris train. Again, I'm a Bengals fan, not drafting the Steelers guy. <laughs> Got it. That's going to be how it is. And I also don't think that he's going to be what I think the Steelers and what other people think he's going to be. I think they're looking for the next Jerome Bettis. And I think, I think they're more in for the next Mark Ingram kind of thing. I, I, I don't see him being um, what people think they're going to be. I don't think he's, he's going to end up landing where his um, – uh, that that talent level says that he should. Um, I think he's going to be serviceable as Mark Ingram has. But when Mark Ingram came out, he was going to be one of the next top backs. And I think even when we did our our one of our initial uh, rookie drafts, he went 101, and people were like psyched and trying to oh, trade wow. up to get him. And yeah. um, and then you know we see kind of where he is. So if I have 104 and Najee Harris is the guy that I'm looking at or people want, I'm going to try to go get Zeke Elliott. Um, I think Zeke coming off of a not as great year as he's had before. Um, I think the demise of Elliot is dramatically exaggerated. And I think that he's going to bounce back this year. Um, look, his value is intimately tied to Dak Prescott. You know, when Dak's in and defenses have to respect the pass, Elliot can do his job. The O-line can, can control that. When Dak hasn't been in there, Elliot's gotten blown up. Um, and I think that now that the Cowboys have finally committed to Prescott as their, their QB uh, for the future, I think we're going to see Zeke doing just fine. Um, the, I think we're going to see a lot of upside, especially kind of where, you know, he's being drafted in dynasty startups right now. Um, I'd, I'd go get him. Um, I, I think, you know, you can't have a year where you have Andy Dalton as the, the, the quarterback and go, oh, well, this is who, who he is. Uh, so as long as Dak's in there, I'm a Zeke fan. Yeah. Uh, so he was the one that I got a lot of hits on when I typed in actual trades for Najee. And this one blew my mind. You can trade Najee Harris. So you could trade this year's 104 and a future first, a 2022 first. I mean, I, I guess he couldn't. I don't say, I'm not sure you can, but someone did. And they got CMC for it. And I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> That's oh, that's bad. That's, that's rookie fever. That's what rookie fever does, Dave. Yeah, that's rookie. That's 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 silly. I mean, that's just not anyone taking the games seriously. I know it's whoever's game, in charge that league. Give me a call. I want in. Yeah, <laughs> Another one. Be- Najee went for Joe Mixon straight up. He's gone for Antonio Gibson straight up. He's gone for David Carr and Devonta Smith. That's super flex. Like that is big time. He's gone for Devonte Williams and Jerry Judy. He's gone for Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs. He's gone. Him and the 107 for Saquon Barkley. It's wow. I'm a look. I'm a little bit higher on Najee than Mike is, but that no. I mean, that's just yeah. That's that 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 is that is feverish. That they all have really 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 yeah. really high temperatures. They, right they, they 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 people need some hospitalization after. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's yeah. Quite honestly, that's what, you know, it makes you wonder how the, you know, you see so many fancy leagues out there are so transient. People just come in and go out and 
you know, that's why we always wanted to keep ours kind of friendly with people we knew for the most part. Like, I think, I think you just get weirdos, man. <laughs> uh, maybe it's all Pittsburgh fans. Maybe it's Pittsburgh fans. That just oh, got maybe, yeah, you know what? Yeah. They, could, they could be, they could be, uh, yeah, exactly. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I had a, uh, I was in the league where um, the guy was a diehard Seattle fan. He unabashedly overpaid for Seattle Seahawks. And I was able to sell Rashad Penny this is after his, his rookie draft for Michael Thomas, straight up. Wow. <laughs> it was lost. I was so excited. I just held him over a barrel because I knew he would keep offering me more. <laughs> I was like, this is <laughs> know, know your opponents. <laughs> and nothing wrong with exploiting that. And his team, he's always been a dominant player. He just made, I don't know why, he just gets stupid when it comes to Seahawks, but he always does dominate regardless. So he could afford it, I guess. Anyways, um, next up, 105, Dave. Yeah. So Jamar Chase, I picked Jamar Chase here. I mean, look, he's headed into a really great situation, right? In Cincinnati. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that um, he's he's headed into a good good situation with Burrow coming back. But he is in a bit of a crowded receiving core. I mean, you know, in Higgins and Boyd and all that stuff. So I think if I was if I was gonna first of all, I just want to say this exercise was really hard because. Um, it, it, it's counterintuitive to the way I looked at this thing. I was like, I'm going to, I get all these great picks and I, I got to trade them away. I got to <laughs> find a reason why <laughs> to trade them away. But that was, I just wanted to mention that, but, yeah, yeah. but I think, I think that, you know, if I was going to trade them and I knew, I knew going in that this was a bit of a stretch. So I'm not surprised to see the, the gap here in the, in the calculations that you found in DLF. But I, I think I would try to go for Terry McLaurin because I don't think, that um, I mean, this is just personal opinion. I don't think that people are valuing McLaurin quite as high as they should. I mean, I know that Fitz, Fitzmagic is is going in there and he's going to you know potentially you know he's going to potentially throw a lot of touchdown passes to McLaurin, right? I mean, I think that's just the reality. And so, if I was going to try that trade, I, I would I would go Jamar Chase for for McLaurin because you know I think McLaurin is you know he's obviously young, he's a speedster. Washington's not a bad team. They got a decent offense. Um, I just think that's that's the trade I would go, even though it's a little bit it's a little bit of a stretch. But that's I couldn't find any other suitable um, suitable trade I could do for him. So I'm interested to hear Nathan Nathaniel what you came up with. Yeah, I didn't um, find a ton of trades, including Demarcus Chase, because I think a lot yeah. of people want to want to hold on to him. Yeah, yeah. But um, I do think that what you're saying, like I think it's a good move, and Terry McLaurin, as far as production-wise, usually is better than what his name value carries. Right. Uh, so I think uh, the, the way the calculator trade analyzer says, like, you could add a mid-second back along with Terry McLaurin, which in this draft, I don't want a mid-second, but I bet you could say, and your future first. Terry McLaurin and your future first, and you get the 105. Mm -hmm. You yeah. can get Martes. And I think, I think you win that deal. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm um so I, yeah I, I think that you know it's not just a one for one right it's hard to do straight up one for one trades in general uh, and so when you tier people would view maybe viewing this as like a tier down wide receiver tier form might be a tier below jamar chase in their rankings um which i don't know like i'm not i'm not a, a savant that can crunch the numbers and figure out all that it's like impossible to actually know what's going to happen uh, but if you can bank the, the production of a McLaurin and the future uh, asset of a future first, like I would totally do that. I don't know. What, what are you, your thoughts on that one, Michael? 
Oh, I would too. I, I think McLaurin, I think, is going to continue to, to his stock's going to continue to go up uh, as you know, he's the clear wide receiver one. He's got himself a nice new quarterback. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're running Ohio State uh, junior over there. So, yeah, uh, Curtis, Curtis Samuel is going to help. You don't think he's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I, I don't know. I would definitely take it. I No, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm all about Jamar Chase. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm all team Chase right now. And uh, I actually tried to trade. I had the 101. I tried to trade uh, back a couple picks so I could pick up uh, Jamar Chase instead. But uh, that didn't work out. You know, I'm not, I'm not sad about having T-Law, but um, I'm, I think Chase is, like Dave said, in a really sweet spot. But if I yeah. can pick up a, a, dra- a pick and McLaurin, yeah, I think I would probably jump on that. Yeah. I think it's just – it's it's a narrative that people say when they talk about Jamar Chase is that he was better than J- Justin Jefferson when Justin Jefferson on the team. Therefore, he's going to break the rookie rookie. Like, they don't say that, but that's what they're implying that he's going to have the best rookie wide receiver uh, season ever. I'm like, uh, okay, that's possible. Or he could do like Laquan Treadwell because right. that was the number one wide receiver five years ago, six years ago. Oh, I tapped a nerve on my. Oh, that would hurt a little bit. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's very, very possible. It's more pro- probable if you were to do probabilities, it's more probable that he ends up Laquan Treadwell than he ends breaking Jamar Chase's rookie receiving record. Right. Mm-hmm. But they just, the narrative is he's better than Jeff, what's his name? Jefferson. <laughs> I can't say he's there. Justin Jefferson. Oh, too many J's. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, okay, so I had 106, and it's just the, I don't believe in this. I would not do this myself in a super flex. Uh, but it seems like the ADP says that Kyle Pitts, if not now, should have even gone earlier. Um, so I said, okay, well, we're kind of following ADP, not our own preferences. So at 106, it's more, it's likely that you could get Kyle Pitts. Um, and so we were trying when we took alternatives to be within the same position, but it was almost impossible to say anyone else at the tight end position except for George Kittle, um, which if I'm the Kittle owner, there's no way I'm doing that. And so the alternative then is to say, okay, well, is it Travis Kelsey? If I'm the drafter, I don't want the age of Kelsey. And if I'm the Kelsey owner, I'm probably looking to win this year. So that doesn't make sense <laughs> either. So I went off script and I picked, um, I picked a wide receiver. I said, I'll pick a, ca- a pass catcher. And um, I went with CD lamb. Uh, when I looked at ADP, it seemed like they were somewhat close, but the trade analyzer says, no, you actually still need to add a mid-second to, to bridge the gap between what Kyle Pitts currently is and what CDM, CD Lamb currently is. Um, and I guess I agree with that. I, although I, if I would have had CD Lamb and someone's offered me 106, which is not sure that it's Kyle Pitts, right? If, mm-hmm. Once you put Kyle Pitts to the name, then it's an assurity. And people are very over the moon, gaga over Kyle Pitts. I don't, it's just... Learn from your mistakes, people. But um, well, tight ends don't traditionally do. I mean, they're not Kelsey's. They're not. They're not Kittles. They're never that. They're they're the oh. complete opposite. They're right. they're they're, they're um, the guy in Detroit whose name is escaped Hawkinson, right? They're Hawkinson for the first two years. You know, they're very rarely. You know, and and even that guy is hyped up beyond belief. But just as a side point, Nathaniel uh, Pitts went one hundred three. 
just uh, the other day in our league. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, you know, even before the Julio trade today, right? So Wait, Julio did a trade today? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear? Oh man. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta pushed them to Houston. So, you know, I don't remember the particulars, but that happened before that. So now, you know, his value is gonna it's it's gonna go up, right? So, yeah. Oh, I gotta retract all my um I threw a bunch of offers uh, trying to sell <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Uh, okay, I don't get the notifications blowing up on my phone, but from ESPN or whatever, like that. Uh, yeah. anyways, <laughs> well, there you go, cancel yeah. all your trades where you don't yeah. give away Calvin Ridley. That's right, okay. Um, how what was I gonna say? Yeah, no, I think I think you're right, Dave, that it's it, people are gonna even increase even more, but yeah, and and even after his first year, Evan Ingram had a great rookie year, which was the anomaly, right? right. A first round tight end. He was the first round draft capital tight end in rookie drafts. Maybe he was 112, maybe he was 202, somewhere in that range. But he went first round in several rookie drafts. Even after his first year where he blows up and his price became way inflated, he never reached that again. Yeah. So even when they have the talent level in, that they're able to do it, there are so many other factors that are unlike any other position it's just silly to take him at once. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough of my rant about tight ends and rookie drafts. Uh, Michael, you were up at 107. So here I have uh, Zach Wilson, who, frankly, if he falls, if I'm at 107, he falls there. I'm pretty content. I actually really like uh, Wilson. I think he's going to mature into a really solid professional. I think he's going to be a solid fancy back. Um, in fact, I tried to trade up. He, he had dropped down to um, one, uh, one, 109, 110 today uh, in, in one of my drafts. And I tried to trade up uh, back into the first round to, to get him. Um, but it, that didn't work out. And uh, that's fine because uh, it was actually for Tannehill. And that's what I was offering. And then Julio lands there. And so I'm content uh, having Tannehill with uh, Julio and AJ. Uh, Brown, uh, but I digress. Uh, but if I am going to trade uh, Zach Wilson, it, it would be in a situation where I'm going to compete now, win now scenario. Mm -hmm. if that's the case, and I'm going to go probably uh, try to grab a veteran like Matt, uh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, um, I like the situation he's rolling into. Uh, I know Sean McVay and the Rams have come under some scrutiny, whether he's overthinking his offensive scheme or if Jared Goff was just that, uh, that, that bad that he couldn't pick up the offensive scheme. Um, but I, I don't know. I think Stafford's got the talent. He's got a ton of tools in LA there. Um, you know, what we got cup and acres and uh, I can't even keep them all straight, but there's a bunch of them. Um, so in a super flex league, you know, you're walking into a low end QB one, a high end QB two, um, and if I'm set up on a, a, a championship run, I'm going to add him uh, where, wherever I can at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I loved that choice. And the trade analyzer seems like this is very doable. This is the closest we've had so far. Zach Wilson was valued at 281. Matthew Stafford at 319, which is a difference of an early third round pick. Like just, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really nothing. And you can bank on the talent and production and the situation versus 
You can't bank on the situation, the talent, or the production with Zach Wilson. I mean, yes, he's going to be the for sure starter, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to produce. So you get three locked in solid things versus three question marks. Like, I'm totally doing that. Dave, any thoughts about Stafford before you move on to 108? No, I think it's a good, I think, I think it's a good comp. I mean, you know, uh, Stafford's going to get, you know, you know, in a, in a super flex league, he's not your number one quarterback. Right. I mean, he, he might be, but he wouldn't be mine. But I mean, you know, I think he's going to get you, you know, some pretty, pretty solid points week to week. So not worried about that at all. All right, go on to 108 then. All right. So ETN, right. So, Okay. So I picked ETN here and I like ETN. I, I, although I historically have just been a bit scared of, of these types of players that just look fragile to me. I don't know the way they run, the way they, the way they, you know, pass catch out of the backfield, which is a great thing for half and PPR and things like that. But it's just, you know, with him, I don't know. I, I compare him, I guess he's been compared and I compare him a lot to Kamara, right? So mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara. Um, but you're not going to ever get Alvin Kamara, right? You're not going to do that. So who do you look for? You got to look for someone like an Austin Eckler, who's like a poor man's Kamara, right? Basically. So I thought that that would be a pretty good comp, right? Because I think that the Jaguars did a really stupid thing in drafting both Lawrence and um, NETN. I think a lot of people do. I just don't, there's a lot on, there's, there's just a lot of unanswered questions about having, you know, a large percentage of your skill offense <laughs> being rookies and right. how that's going to affect you with a first year head coach in the NFL, all that crap. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to pick ETN here and keep him if I had to, but if I'm going to trade him away, I think, I think Austin Eckler's the comp and it looks like, you know, he's pretty close. Yeah. I mean, so like you don't need I to got that one bet on maybe. <laughs> that was the best one so far. Travis Eats like 379. Dave plucks out Austin Eckler for a value of 373, six point difference. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. I was yeah. scanning the list earlier and I'm like, oh, come on. I had to nail one of these. <laughs> you really did. You really did. Yeah. A real life example. I, this was what I think, uh, I don't know, three, four, five weeks ago, I actually traded my 108 uh, for, for, um, Cam Akers, and then turned that into Austin Eckler, um, who is exactly now going to be my my RB one. I would have absolutely uh, let one hundred eight go for Eckler. Yeah, yeah, that's rookie fear, man. Gosh, Urban Meyer, he's got James Robinson, and he took Travis Etienne. It's like what? Yeah, it, it and makes then his, sense. his coach speak about it. I don't know if he's a coach speak guy or if he's more of an actually says what he's actually going to do guy, but he's our third down back. I'm like, what? <laughs> he can't be. We're going to throw him in that wide receiver. Like, I don't know. I don't, uh, it, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm an Urban Meyer fan as a Buckeye fan, but it's got me a little yeah uh, off, the, off, the, off the hook there. I don't know. So, okay. I need to ex- uh, explain a little bit of 109. The, you guys went, uh, you'd already picked 110 and 111, which uh, we'll get to in a second. Um, but I didn't feel like I could take Bateman in front of the guys that you had taken. So I was like, okay, I need to take a running back. And the only running back is, I don't think he should ever be this high. Although some people with the injury of Mostert, who got injured? 
Uh, no, um, San Francisco running back got injured. Oh, oh, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that. Maybe this is likely now that you could get at 109. You would see someone taking Trey Sermon. I would definitely not do that, um, but someone would. So, anyways, the comp, <laughs> the alternative uh, for me, because I think Trey Sermon, if he hits, is still only a one-year running back. So I looked at other one-year running backs that I don't believe talent as, as much, but I do believe in situation, which is what I think Trey Sermon's thing is. Shots fired if you're a Buckeye fan, Mr. Lewis. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know uh, what your thoughts are on him. But, uh, and I only, I'm just, I listen to what other podcasters say. <laughs> Honestly, and they don't seem to be excited about his talent. So I went with Mike Davis. Um, and this is, feels like six of one, half dozen of the other, honestly. Um, I just, either way, I wouldn't be taking them at one and nine, but that's gonna, you know, what I was gonna do at this, at this juncture. So, uh, do you have any real life examples of drafts you guys have been in where Trey Sermon goes in this area or is he early second rounders? It's almost exclusively been early second, although yeah. I, I've, I've seen a lot of people maybe overvaluing Sermon. Um, and I might even put myself in that kind of, I probably still wouldn't draft him in the first round. Yeah. Uh, it's not even that I'm a Buckeye fan. I like his situation. Um, and I think that he's really going to be a boom bust guy. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't see, I, and I don't know if I, I wouldn't feel good about Michael Carter there either. Um, so right. I think it's, right. it's, it's hard to probably pick a running back there. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I went with Mike Davis. Actually, I have Mike Davis in a couple leagues and I will be starting him. So. Yeah, I love the comp, and and the numbers seem to think it's good too. I mean, I just I like where your positioning is is the only thing that I I don't like. But I mean, you you were kind of stuck with the way we did this. But yeah. you know, um, I looked at taking Sermon there as well, and I just couldn't do it. So and because I got to I got to him before you, I was like, yeah. no, I'm not going to do that. But I don't know. Mike Davis is getting a lot of you know a lot of hype just because Atlanta did nothing in the draft, right? So right. we'll see what we'll see what happens if that's just hype because of the position in the draft or if he can actually produce something it's just you know right yeah if i had mike davis and i could land the 109 oh, i would do that yeah all day long absolutely but i wouldn't yeah. be drafting trey serving when i did it no 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 yeah um so i have i have mike davis in a in a team that's contending and i decided to just sit on him that i'm going to use him but if i'm in a rebuild mode i want him off my team before the before the rookie draft hits for sure. That's fair. No. Yeah. 110. Uh, I had the 110, and and this is actually where I'm seeing him go in a lot of drafts I've been in is Devontae Smith. Um, and I'm not on the – because I know that he's falling because a lot of people are on the Devontae Smith is going to get broken in the NFL screen. Uh, I'm not part of that crowd. I think he's going to be a fine receiver. Um, I just don't like the, the situation in Philly that much. Uh, yeah. I think Alvin Hurts is, is fine. Um, I think that they're going to go through a, an experimental year, maybe two with him, trying to figure out what they want to do with him. Is he a runner? Uh, can he, you know, really put together um, a good a good passing season uh, consecutively? You know, pulling that out. Uh, I think they're going to ultimately bail on him, and then then we have a new rookie uh qb coming in so i just don't think it's a good system for for smith to thrive in there at least you know through his own rookie deal and then at that point 
Uh, we don't know what that's going to look like. So I, I, I looked at other folks in this range, and I'm actually a big Brandon Ayu fan. I, I like what he's been doing there. And I think now that Trey Lance is going in there, um, I think that it may be another year, two years before Ayuk really emerges as a top RW1. But um, I think as they start figuring that out, he becomes a deep threat. They've got a lot of other tools around there. We're definitely looking at an increase over Garoppolo at all that they've had the last uh, year yeah. or two. Um, I, I would I would definitely make that move and, and bring Ayuk on my team. Your thoughts, Dave, and then you can go to 111. Yeah, I like Brandon Ayuk a lot, actually. I think, you know, <clears throat> we've seen him kind of dabble, you know, last last year or so. And I think there's a there's a good possibility that, you know, he could break out. I think I would make that trade. I, I'm with I'm an Eagles fan. So, I, you know, I'm from the Philly area. And, um, you know, I, I, too, am struggling, although I did trade for um, um, uh, Hertz. <laughs> Hurts, thanks. <laughs> I did just late. I did trade for Hertz um, and and you know this season because I, I wanted to get a super cheap quarterback. Yeah. Because I was running both Mahomes and um, and uh, I can't remember the other one now. But anyway, oh oh, the guy in Atlanta, Matt. I'm really tired right. apparently. So um, yeah, so I was I had some expensive stuff going there, so I wanted to get a super cheap quarterback in case I had to unload, um, you know, the Atlanta quarterback. So. Yeah, I, I'm, but I'm not sold, right? I, I'm, I'm not sold on Philly. I think they're in a mess. I think that, you know, they're going to take a few years to kind of figure out if they can unwind it. And, um, you know, we'll have to see. So I think Brandon Ayuk here is a pretty good comp. Yeah, and I do think that if you have a, the 110, I really think you could land Brandon Ayuk. Because mm -hmm. even if the owner of Ayuk doesn't love Devonta Smith, to them, they see the 110 and there's endless possibilities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, oh man. Yeah. And so Brandon Ayuk's like, oh, it's Brandon Ayuk. Uh, it's an okay deal. So I think you could, yeah, you might even get the 111, 112, you could even use to maybe get an Ayuk. So I thought that was a, a great, great comp. The trade analyzer says uh, Ayuk's stronger by 15 points, which is fairly negligible. So yeah. um, 111, Dave. Yeah, so I think Denver is going to need um, Williams, Javante Williams. It's who I took care. I think they're going to need him to produce right um, immediately. There's just no no doubt about it. And the problem is their quarterback. <laughs> and so, um, and and I, I I would I would probably pick Javante here. Um, you know, ADP says he goes around this area. Yeah, uh, but I don't trust Drew Locke to get the milk out of the refrigerator without <laughs> dropping it. So I just can't. I can't in good faith. You know, I just I would trade him. I really would. I would because I don't. I don't like Denver's situation either. So all right, Chris Carson is the comp I came up with, and you know I think there's a lot of uh, problems with Carson. Don't get me wrong. Like this is not like a you know a complete upside. I think there's a little more upside for Carson here if he can stay healthy. Is what I, I guess what I'm trying to say. Mm. I think there's a lot of upside. So I think it's a good swap. It might be a little unbalanced, but there's risk on both sides here. There's major risk on both sides. So I think that you know Carson's risk may be a little bit smaller if he can stay healthy. I think he's got a huge upside, especially Seattle's talking about running the ball more and all this stuff. So yep. I, I would I would go for him here. I think. I think also bringing in if you earn the one eleven, that means you 
you know, were comp- you almost won it last year. Yeah. And if you look at adding Devonta Williams versus adding Chris Carson, like who's going to help you get mm-hmm. back? Over, yeah. It's going to be Chris Carson this year. It's going to be Carson. Yeah. Maybe this year Carson is the better bet. And next year, you know, you prefer Javonta Williams because Carson's a year older. But as you said, like you can add something. You can get something plus Chris Carson. Like, again, the difference was a mid-second. If you could say, well, actually, I prefer your future first. Uh, give, give me Chris Carson and your future first, and you can have the 111, or you can have Javonta Williams. Like, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it may be a little bit harder to sell, but I, I could see that that working out. And, yeah, I, I was wondering, I didn't uh, type it in to find the value, but I was curious if CEH is the is the closer you know younger asset to to von Williams? i think i yeah, I wasn't i i saw i saw that i thought about him but i wasn't i i just wasn't convinced even with his kind of lackluster debut last year that owners would be willing to, to give it. him up because i think they're look i think they think he's got way more upside right you know the coming because just because of kansas city that's yeah. the only thing that you know that's why I steered away from it, but yeah, I, I did. I did consider him for a brief moment. Yeah, you drafted Ceh. You used a top three pick last year, right? And you'd be eating a lot of crow to impale uh, yeah. on that one year yeah. end. Yeah. So okay, uh, then I was up at one twelve. Um, I think you, at the one twelve, uh, you're looking at wide receiver, um, and I I, I kind of went with guys that um, I think. I don't think their ADP matches their trade value. I think their trade value is lower than what their ADP is in the, in the uh, startup. Um, so 112 is, is uh, if you put the name Rashad Bateman to it, I don't know if it actually happens. But if you put the number 112, maybe you can get Debo Samuel or Tyler Lockett. Um, I would prefer to go Tyler Lockett, but if people want a little bit more youth, uh, maybe they want to go Debo and hope that, um, all, all the boats rise with uh, the arrival of Trey Lance. Um, but because uh, I don't think if you if you take Rashad Bateman, you've already drafted, I don't think you can flip him for Lockett or Debo. Um, but if it's the 112, I thought maybe maybe you could. So um, went that, I, I think both Lockett, well, I think Lockett, when he's, when he's on the field, I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing Debo his rookie year and thinking he looked like Des Bryant, just bullying people around on the field. Um, this is, you know, now the things have changed with IU coming into the fold and, and that muddles the waters. And so I'm super not, I'm not totally clear what I think about Debo Samuel. I'm going to just, I'm going to, honestly, I'm just going to wait to see, see what happens uh, rather than try to project. But I know what the, I'm pretty confident what and what Baltimore's wide receiving attack is going to bring. I don't foresee a Josh Allen 2.0 with Lamar Jackson. Nope. The thing just jumps uh, around. So I'm going to, I'd be totally willing to move off of this pick and, and land a Tyler Lockett. Um, That's fair. And the, as far as the trade analyzer goes, I would add, need to add a late third. Yes, please. I will do that any day of the week. See you later, third round pick. Um, I don't know. Your thoughts on Bateman or, or the, the alternatives? I like Bateman a lot. I think he landed in a good spot. And uh, um, I, I think he's going to turn into a quality producer. But I think you're totally right. If I can turn that around for Lockett, 
I would absolutely do that. I think that you both have the, the short-term and the long-term win on, on that trade. Yeah. I'm yeah, a, uh, I, I work at the, or the University of Minnesota, uh, and so I am a big Rashad Bateman guy, uh, and it would be just fun to have him on my squad. But, uh, yeah. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, no. The problem is the, the, the problem is Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, that's the problem, right? I mean, he is – so I looked at Bateman as well uh, around here, and I just, I just don't the, the target, the market share in 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 Baltimore is bad for receivers. It's bad for running backs. He will not throw to the running back. He barely spreads it around. You know, he's just, he's just he he's the quarterback you want on your roster, but you don't want any of his targets on yeah. your roster, in my <laughs> opinion. Right? I just don't like it, and so. I think that Lockett, I'm a Lockett owner. Was he was Lockett like 30 or something? He's 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 getting up there in age. But like, nine, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So I mean he's getting up there in age, but you know, as far as the receiver's concerned, he's got a lot of years left. I, I I would I would I think this is very, very fair. And um, you know, I just don't like Bateman. I just don't think, you know, I just don't think it's gonna materialize in Baltimore the way people think it's gonna. Yeah. I don't even like having Mark Andrews on my team anymore. I just, <laughs> you know, I, I really have, I really have issues. It's like Lamar Jackson or nobody. I just look at Hollywood Brown. Everyone thought Hollywood Brown was going to be, you know, this awesome receiver, and he's just, he's just never materialized. Mm-hmm. I think that we're pause at the running back position. Like, mm-hmm. what I like J.K. Dobbins, but yeah, that is that. But I'm nervous. <laughs> It's interesting that you brought that up because as you were saying that, I was I'm remembering um, this random stat that I saw as I was looking through rookie stuff and that, and I'm going to completely butcher the actual stat of this, but it was something along the lines of Baltimore hasn't had a wide receiver one production like week um, one time in the last two years. Um, so that's going to be a big jump. That's a tall order for Bateman to, to, to suddenly put up those kinds of weeks. And you're right. You just don't know what you're going to get from Jackson from week to week, what they're going to do, what they're going to throw, how they're going to, yeah, I, I, that's a great point, Dave. Yeah. And it's not even taking the fact that it's a rookie wide receiver. We don't even know if he can stick in the NFL. I like to think it as a gopher fan, but I've been wrong several times before. So Uh, who had one, uh, two Oh one. Was that Michael? You had two. Yeah. Uh, I went with Jalen Waddle, and I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to roster Waddle on as many leagues as I can. And if I can pick him up at the front end of the second round, I'm good to go. Um, I think the value is really solid there. Um, and I think that he can turn into a wide receiver one, uh, given a couple years. I think he's getting overlooked in this draft because of the, the high number of wide receiver talent that's in there. Um, and then you throw in, especially since it's super flex, and you have Pitts going in the first round. Jalen Waddle, I think, in another, another year, he would be one of the top wide receivers going. Um, he, I, I would take him. But if I am looking for someone I can, I can get, and again, kind of one of those situations where maybe I'm in a win now um, scenario, I'm going to go get Robert Woods. Um, Robert Woods is, I think, perennially – undervalued um but he's had I, I i even had to go double check this when i saw this guy he's had four straight top 20 seasons um wow. and, and now he gets matt stafford throwing the ball to him I, i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna i'm gonna put him in and let him be my you know wide receiver two three uh in a super flex league and and call it a day i think that he's a great comp there and if i can do that 
in a in the right scenario, I'd probably would. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that Robert Woods' value in the trade analyzer was higher than Jalen Waddles. I was like, what? No way. I thought Jalen Waddle would be much higher than than Woods. That surprised me. Uh, we're going to move a little faster uh, the, the second, uh, the, the last eight picks. Um, so, but as, uh, as to reference the numbers, at least Waddle was 167 and Woods was 182. So it's actually very close. I was just surprised that he was, Woods was even at uh, Waddle's level. Cause I, I, I'm on Waddle on my rosters as well. I'm with you there. Uh, 202, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. So I went with Terrence Marshall here. Um, you know, Look, you know, Carolina is um, crowded, but, you know, Robbie Anderson's on the last year of his contract. He's probably on the way out, right? They're probably going to unload him. So I think you could move Terrence Marshall here. And who I think, um, I think you would want to go for here at 201 is, or 202, excuse me, is, is, is Jarvis Landry. I think you can get Jarvis. And let me, let me tell you why. So Jarvis is um, not sexy, right? He's Jarvis Landry. He's on the Browns, but Look at, look at this, though. He has – I saw this stat, and it kind of floored me. Uh, he has finished in the top 24 his last five out of six seasons, right? So yeah. that's pretty amazing if you think about it. He's, he's extremely consistent, right? And so, you know, if you look at it that way, and even, even with Odell coming back, right, I still think that he's probably going to land in that same, you know, that same area. I mean, he's done it for the last five out of six seasons, so – you know, I think if you're looking at running, you know, Jarvis Landry as your wide receiver too, or maybe a flex fill-in or something, you could totally do that. Mm-hmm. I think you could get, I think you could get, you know, trade away Terrence Marshall, who's the situation in Carolina is just a, kind of messy right now anyway. So I'm not sure you'd really want to uh, deal with that. Yeah. Michael, pop quiz for you. How old do you think Jarvis Landry is? Uh, gosh, uh, I want to make, I know the answer. I, I, I want to make him more like 29, but I'm guessing he's probably like 26. No, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's 28. He's 28. All right. He feels like he's 30. To he me. feels like he's 30. Absolutely. Yeah, it's rookie year. <laughs> so it's like yeah. we're talking about Jarvis Landry, Landry for the last seven or eight years. <laughs> but yeah, he's still only 28. So yeah. it, I think four years of another at best or at worst wide receiver two every, every year. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I was up at uh, 203 and um, uh, I was projecting that Elijah Moore would, would go around here. Um, I am not an Elijah Moore believer. I, I So much so that I don't even remember what team he's on. Uh, mm-hmm. Where did he go? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, so I, I kind of went with the, um, the, the proven wide receiver um, that's going to just uh, be steady, but I think his value is suppressed. Um, and that's Tyler Boyd because of the Jamar Chase signing. Um, and I, and honestly, like uh, I, I can see this going one of two ways um, that they run more wider uh, three wide receiver sets and Boyd, you know, is a, is a great Edelman and out, out of the slot gets, you know, you know, not high value targets, but a lot of targets. Uh, and in PPR, that's that's helpful. Um, or like his contract uh, will be coming up soon, I imagine, and so he can go to another team and be the one B again, you know, on a different team. Um, so 
people are kind of throwing dirt on on uh, Tyler Boyd's grave already, and I'm just like, he's super, he's young and he's uh, he's talented. Not, he's not uber talented, but neither is Elijah Moore, and I'm not certain Elijah Moore is going to be anything. So um, I was surprised that the trade analyzer thinks Boyd is 40 points more, but that's still only an early third. So if I could take the 203 send a third and get Tyler Boyd. It's not like going to radically change my roster, yeah. but it locks in my wide receiver three wide receiver two potential, you know, or, or if I, you know, need that flex. Whereas I don't think Elijah Moore does that. He might, but I don't know if that's, jets. that's the know. problems of jets. That's, that's where he went. The so. jets. Yeah, the Jets is that's the complete problem here is that you know just anyone that's on the Jets that's a receiver. I mean, it's just a no go. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The Jets apparently is a black hole in my mind. I don't even know that. That's why you didn't know. It's because (laughs) he went to the Jets. (laughs) (laughs) I recant my Zach Wilson love. (laughs) Yeah, well, I know there's that part of it, but man, it's so hard to like any skill player on that team. Yeah. Yeah uh okay number 204 uh rondell morris who i had uh landing at 204 and i I like him i think he's going to get buried uh at least for a little while with arizona um especially since they they brought in uh aj green who i think is going to have a nice a pretty nice season with them i think as long as he can stay healthy but i had a heck of a time trying to figure out who to comp him with and I, i keep trying to convince myself that curtis samuel is going to bust out, and every year I say, Chris Samuel, watch out, he's going to be good. And, <laughs> yes. um, I, and I, and especially now that he's moving into a new system with Washington, um, that the system that he was in was using him wrong, and that he was just mistreated, and he's going to turn into a wide receiver, too. Um, and every time I convince myself of that, I immediately start slinking away from that thought and hope that nobody noticed that I was, I was uh, going down again, but uh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think I would I would try to land Samuel there, and if I if I get lucky and the Samuel owner was willing to move, I would make that move. Yeah, I think it's I think it's likely that you could do that move. I think it's smart, smart too. I was you. I was like, he's gonna. This is gonna be the gonna be one the of these times. <laughs> yeah. All right, two oh five. Yeah. So. Quite honestly, if I could get Mac Jones at 205 in a super flex league, I probably would be pretty happy about it. It seems criminal. Um, you know, he's in a good, he'll be, he'll be probably in a decent situation, but if I had to trade him away or I wanted to trade him away, I think I would, I would definitely go for like a Taysom Hill because quite frankly, the upside of Taysom Hill, um, you know, if it, you know, it's uncertain what's going to happen in New Orleans, but you know, I'd be willing to give Mac Jones away for Taysom Hill at that, mm-hmm. you know, at this late in the draft, just because I think eventually Jameis Winston is not going to be the starting quarterback, in my opinion, in, in New Orleans. It's just not going to happen. So Taysom Hill being a dual threat run pass, you know, probably mostly run. Um, why not plug him in as your number two quarterback in a super flex league and see if you can get the points to rack up? I mean, that's that's kind of my thought on it. Yeah, I had a hard time with that one myself. Um, I like I like Mac Jones enough to value him a lot higher than than Taysom Hill. I, but uh, 
I don't know. I did too. <laughs> but I was trying to find a good comp for him at the same position. And that was, you know, the Taysom Hill was the one that kept coming up. Because I, I, if you look above the list of, of everyone that's above Taysom Hill, I just don't see anybody trading, you know, for, for Mac Jones's, you know, potential for his yeah. high side. I might, I might try if I'm feeling a little bit of a gamble, uh, depending on my mood, to to see if I can land Drew Locke. Um, and and yeah. I, I see the flinch, and I think that's why I could land him. Yeah, you could get But him. the you weapons, the argument of the weapons, I mean, he's just got everyone around yeah. him you like. And so, that's I don't a good know. point. Cortland Sutton, Sutton is no slouch. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to have a good year. Yeah. Yeah, Fame, I guess uh, I probably just missed Drew Locke out of just pure, that was his name. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just didn't. <laughs> see any value there yeah. but you're right you're right um okay uh 205 that must be me um this is where i felt like there's all the wide receivers are gone quarterbacks are done um and a- apparently there's a team in new york besides the giants that has a, court- a running back named michael carter not familiar with these jets but uh they they drafted a guy named michael carter co-backfield with Javante Williams in North Carolina. Um, he's the smaller of the two, but uh, I, I think that there's enough positive spin, enough belief in the, you know, the, the running back that uh, just the running back position. <laughs> it's like you, you love the guy until you see him play and then you hate the guy. And so the, the guys that everyone loved and now they hate is, is Zach Moss and, and Ronald Jones. And they're gonna they're willing to to ship those guys to get a oh the sparkling Michael Carter rookie guy. And yes, I don't believe in Zach Moss or Ronald Jones as talents, but I don't believe in Michael Carter's talent. And the other two are on offenses that score. And all it takes is a you know a, a twisted ankle on their running back backfield, and they get the bulk of the carries for one or two weeks. And that those two weeks are gonna give me more than what I'm gonna get from Michael Carter. <laughs> Honestly, so uh, it was just at this late of the draft. If I can get a get a running back in a better position, sending Michael Carter away, I'm happy to do that. And the numbers bear out that it's fairly close. So, uh, 207. Uh, well, I think to that point, I think the, the running back talent falls off a cliff um, real fast in this in this year's rookie draft. I like Javante Williams. I think ETN will be maybe okay. Um, I've already made my feelings known about Najee Harris. Um, I think Carter and Sermon have some decent upside. Um, I'm willing to, like, as we get into the late second round, I would probably, you know, take a flyer on Carter. Um, But I keep seeing him tick up. I keep seeing him going even uh, into the beginning of the second round these days. Yeah. Uh, Because I think to that same point that you just brought up, Nathaniel, was the sparkly new guy. And I'm willing to, you know, you know, punt on some of these guys I already only had for a year. But as we're sitting here at 207, Kenneth Gainwell is the guy that was popping up. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. That's not someone I'm interested in. Um, So I'm going to go. And see if I can't get Miles Gaskin or Chase Edmonds here. Miles um, Gaskins was the guy who who popped uh, first of all. And I was I kind of went back. I looked at today, and Chase Edmonds was kind of starting to sit around that same spot. And I thought, wow, that was a really that would be an interesting get. I mean, he's he's going to be the lead back 
uh, out there in Arizona. And I think that he's, he could have a really great season, but um, you know, for somebody who's going to be my running back three, my flex spot, um, I'm going to go get somebody who already at least has done it for a year or two over Gainwell, who is going to be, in my opinion, probably dead roster weight. Yep. I agree. Um, I, I, I don't think Kenneth Gainwell, I wouldn't expect him to go even this early. I really was high on him pre-NFL draft, though. He was like my, oh, I'm going to get all of the Kenneth Gainwell, and now I'm never going to get any of the Kenneth Gainwell um, because of just he just got killed in the NFL draft. So, uh, Miles Gaskin, if you wanted to take the 207 and get Miles Gaskin, you would have to add uh, another future second. Yeah. And honestly, two seconds for what I think is the starting, I'd do that. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it yeah. because why not? You know what you got in Miles Gaskin. Two yeah. seconds. Why not? Yep. Totally. 208. Uh, last yeah. Dave took here. Tooney, uh, Kadarius Tooney. So, yeah, the Giants, right? I mean, he went to the Giants and, you know, you're like, well, how the heck is this guy going to fit in at the Giants? But they took him 20 overall, right? 20th in the draft. So they're going to fit him in somewhere, right? I, 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 I wouldn't personally want Tooney on my team, I would probably try and trade him, you know, for like a Michael Gallup or something like that. I think, you know, seeing as Daniel Jones is scary as, you know what, I just, I just, I just can't see Tooney being on there. So Michael Gallup is, I think he's in a contract year, right? So he's got like, you know, I think he, he had five TDs last year and almost 900 yards, I think is what I saw. So, you know, he's going to showcase himself for a new team next year. I mean, I think, I think you could probably get, you know, Gallup, maybe you got to give a little more, but, but I think, you know, um, I think someone would be willing to take the risk on Tooney just because the Giants, you know, someone may like Daniel Jones. I don't, but someone may, and they may think, you know, Hey, the 20th overall pick, I mean, they're going to fit this guy in, you know, and they're going to, they're going to give him some share. So that's, you know, that's my thought on, on that. Yeah. I, I love the the potential to move um, uh, Kadarius for Michael Gallup. I I thought when they took C.D. Lamb, I was like, oh man, they seemed like the one-two punch of of uh, Amari and Michael Gallup was like set. Right. Gallup seemed to like people were saying he's the better of the Amari pair. You know, like Gallup's yeah. better than Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if I bought that fully into, but like he definitely belongs in the NFL and um, belongs on the field in the NFL. And so I don't, I totally, if I could do that, and I think you could, because I think the, ne- the narrative around Michael Gallup is, is negative. And Kadarius Tony, it's, well, there's a, there's a hope. There's a little bit of that sprinkle of hope. And so, yeah, take the, take the long view, trade him for Gallup, and next year you'll, you'll be super great, grateful, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm wrong, delete that from the episode. Uh, <laughs> the last, uh, the last pick at 209. We didn't get all the way to 212, um, but uh, and this episode's already gone long. So uh, I honestly, I like the not dynamic that dynamic. I don't even know his name. Dynamic Brown. Um, I, I like him, and I had a previous podcast guy that joined me from the UK, and he was all on Dynamic Brown, and so I was like, for him. Uh, I've taken him in a few drafts uh, as, as an homage. And uh, so I probably wouldn't do this, but if I had to move for uh, a veteran 
uh, I would go with Michael William or Mike Williams, uh, LA Chargers. Uh, and I was not, I faded him in rookie drafts when he came in. He was with uh, John Ross and Corey Davis. That was the, uh, the wide receivers of that class. And I was not a believer in him. Um, and I feel like that's been justified. Um, every once in a while, he does have a streak that's pretty decent. But um, at this point, I'd probably just keep the pick and, and make, you know, go with Dynamic Brown. But, uh, you know, rookie fever in the late second doesn't feel as, uh, huh. as contagious. So that's hot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so in summary, how did you guys like, what is what did you get out of this experience as you were doing it as you were reflecting upon it the past you know week um and as we even muddled through it this evening like how did it go for you we'll start with you michael yeah so i think it's i think it was like i said earlier a really interesting exercise to think about how i could construct a team uh if i had some of these draft picks and um putting together I think really what would be a very viable starting lineup um, you know even with just uh, a few of these or at least adding uh, some really significant pieces into what that looks like I mean you know draft picks are they're commodities they're they're things to be used for making your team better and if you can do that through uh, the draft then that's great you, you kind of build for the future if you already have a good team um, but I think in a lot of ways, I want to use those picks um, to make my team better for now. You know, the, the idea is to win championships. And uh, if you can use these picks to put yourself in the right position, then, and I guess I, I've actually been more on the other side of like, I want draft picks. I want to have those rookies. I want to, you know, that's how you build long-term dynasty value. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of moving away from that and thinking about, okay, what are the players that are going to do? that for me now and so this was a very helpful exercise in that that spirit nice yeah I, I think nathaniel that you know over the last 10 years of playing dynasty i've i've always just found that you throw away more draft picks more rookies excuse me you throw away more rookies than you can than you can you know than you catch right i mean i wish i i'd love to go back and see you know um you know, then you keep, I should say, not catch, but, but, you know, I'd love to go back and see just how many rookies really panned out. I, I know, I know of one, you know, that I, that I have right now, um, <clears throat> quarterback, you may have heard of him for the Kansas city chiefs. And obviously <laughs> that's, that's one that, you know, is really good, but I, I'd love to go back and do that analysis because I'm with, I'm, I think I'm, I've always been kind of leery of the second round, the third, we used to only have three rounds in our league too. So, I mean, like, you got now you're getting into the fifth round and you're like who are these people do they play football are they actually they're actually getting paid for this like who are they right like and it's just like what does this guy do for a living I don't even know let me look them up when you start seeing the list at some point in the fifth round you're just like this is just insane like there's no reason to even so and not like you're going to trade those picks for a lot of value either but I still think when you get into the deep second third round it starts to get really dicey if you can get talent you know, uh, veteran talent, I mean, go for it, in my opinion. I mean, there's no reason not to. That's what I learned here. I mean, like, you know, this was a fun exercise and it was really enlightening too. I don't think I've ever gone so deep to look at every, you know, other, every third pick here for a couple of rounds to see what you could, what you could possibly derive for them. So I, I, I really thought it was cool and it'll probably going forward, I'll look at my, 
I'll look at my rookie draft slightly differently due to this exercise. Nice. Yeah, I was uh, surprised at the trade value that the back half of the second held for veterans yeah. that I could get. Like the, you could get, you know, a, a, a Miles Gaskin type if you just add a little bit extra to a mid second. You could get uh, Curtis Samuel for a, a mid second. Um, you could get Michael Gallup for a late second. Like, oh man, I, I usually still. St- I sell those seconds long before the rookie draft, probably mid season. You know, I'm trying to like fill gaps to make my playoff or mm-hmm. something, but now I'm kind of like, Oh man, if I could, if, if I happen to hold on to a late second and land a Michael Gallup for it, I would be super excited about the, the future of that, that prospect or that, you know, that asset compared to what that pick could get me. So yeah, I, uh, that was what caught my eye, like that you could get a Tyler Boyd um, for, a, yeah. for a second, you know, early second round pick. I'm like, oh, what? Really? Jarvis Lander I could get for the 202? That'd be awesome. See, now what you have to do, Nathaniel, is not publish this, and we'll keep this our secret. Right <laughs> um, now our leagues are going to know, know what yeah. we're up to. Well, luckily, only five other people are going to listen to this, except maybe your your league mates might listen to it for one week, and that might bolster my account up to a couple dozen. There you go. <laughs> I, I was I was kind of thinking the opposite, Mike. We should force every owner to do this exercise every <laughs> year, so when we do trade with them, they'll actually understand the value. <laughs> value discussions. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for uh, coming on, doing the homework during Memorial Day uh, week, uh, and then staying up late. I know both of you are on, uh, I think, East Coast time. So um, thanks for uh, staying up a little later. Um, you can find Dave, if you're interested in like his notes on how to run this salary cap uh, um, you know, contract league, you can find him at uh, Brocktoon, B-R-A-U-C-K-T-O-O-N um on twitter and then you can find uh michael he is at sloopy lou if that's right there's sloop uh s-l-o-o-p-y-l-e-w sloopy lou um uh, on twitter and uh, you can kind of pick their brains on the contractor salary if you want to learn more about that league or if you need to you know if you're a commissioner and you're like i want to start a league like this they might have some great tips for you for those things um And uh, I will uh, end it there for the night, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Just wrapping up with some quick thoughts as this episode's already too long. But uh, if you want to try and do something similar, uh, all you got to do is find an industry ADP that you like. I like DLF, but other people like uh, other, you know, football guys or or other stuff. So um, look for some Dynasty ADP. Look at where the rookie falls and then look at the different players of that position that are nearby. Uh, Then take those two players, put them into a trade calculator and see how the market is currently valuing them comparatively to each other because the ADP is not always the same as the trade market. Actually, it rarely is. And then even think about the general feel uh, of those two players. Is there a negative narrative around one? And then, uh, you know, compared to the other, and that might even make the deal a little bit more plausible. And if there is a gap, consider, you know, figuring out how to fill in the gap uh, when you do those trade negotiations. So um, 
yeah, it's not that hard to do. It took me, I don't know, 20 minutes for my uh, eight picks or so. And so um, if you wanna if you wanna look at the current rookie picks that you have, uh, find out what rookies are going in that range and then compare them to others and see if there's a, a trade that you can kind of lock in an actual proven veteran for. Uh, and that's the that's a good route to go. So it will minimize the amount of misses you have on a rookie draft. But ultimately, uh, it uh, it is fun to take rookies uh, when you're on the clock. So get that. There's uh, nothing wrong with doing that too. If that's the way that you have fun in Dynasty, you know, have fun. Uh, but I think it's a it's a helpful alternative. Don't get locked into the. Uh, this is my pick. This is who I have to take. Uh, I only can take rookies, so uh, find ways to be creative with uh, that pick and maybe capitalize where other people uh, will fall into pits of only taking rookies. You be a little bit more flexible, see what you can maneuver. Thanks for listening. If you want to join a podcast in the future, find me on Twitter at Nathaniel Bro, and uh, I would love to have you on. We can see what uh, comes of it.